right. We are here for our next Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast with my very good friend, Tim Jajos, who is the new Alfred State head track and field coach. And he's been there for a couple, couple months, I guess. And uh, the season is over before it actually got started. Right, Tim? Yeah, pretty much. Came on um, beginning of the semester. Yep. Uh, official start date was January 9th. Oh my gosh. Made it through the indoor season, uh, like we were just talking beforehand. Yeah. Sent a heptathlete to nationals, and we're there. And NCAA said, okay, you guys can go home now. So, so I, I, I think it'd be cool to start here because obviously this isn't where the, the, the story starts, but this new chapter starts. So, you were the um, uh, assistant strength and conditioning coach at Alfred Wright starting at the beginning of this academic year in the fall. And even last year, too, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, last year, I started in December last year. I was the basically covered strength and conditioning. It was a part-time. Okay. Head down there twice a week, uh, just worked with athletes in that small time I had and mm-hmm. put summer stuff together and worked around that. So how do you, for, for the new coaches out there, right? Because I've known you since – so we competed against each other in high school, right? You're a Gates Chile grad. I'm a Webster grad, right? Yep. So, you, so, we had, thrower, so we didn't venture over that area. What's we that? Kept you guys, you were a thrower. We kept you guys quarantined the whole time, anyways. True. Well, I re- well, one of the stories I was going to share is because I remember, <laughs> so our because uh, <laughs> we graduated at the same time. So our senior year, right? So it's spring of two thousand. Gates Shiley's at Webster, and we're like, we're we're dueling for the 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 Monroe County uh, championships or whatever. And uh, we have a slight lead against you guys overall in points. And I and I remember your. Um, I line up for the four by one in lane four. And then lane three is a, a kid who's, I think he was an 800 meter runner too. Rich Juskowitz. Yep. Juskowitz. Right. Juskowitz. Right. So we come out of the blocks at the same time and we hand off around the same time for, uh, for um, our second guy. And then uh, the meet is pretty much over. You guys win. Cause you smoke us, smoke the four by four and it's <laughs> history. So Tim and I have known each other for like, I guess 20 years, over 20 years from competing in all that time. Yeah. So, so you've gone from high school athlete extraordinaire, uh, real interesting situation in college, right? And now you, in pretty much in, in 12 months, you went from a part-time strength and conditioning coach to the full-time head track and field coach and strength and conditioning coach. So, and cross country. And cross country. So you're, like, so you're doing everything. So for like new coaches out there, people who – you know, graduate from college or are going to graduate in a couple, a couple months somehow, right. With this whole Corona thing, like what kind of advice or like, you know, I was going to ask this at the end, but since we're talking about it, like what kind of words of wisdom do you have for somebody who's, who's going to graduate, they're going to get a nice piece of paper that says, you know, strength and conditioning, exercise science and nutrition, you know, whatever it is. And they're going to try and walk into their first job kind of like, kind of like you have right now. Like, how do you, like, how do you get there? Um, start walking uphill, <laughs> snowstorm with 50, 50 mile an hour winds in your face, and it's just mud because that's about how the venture is. It's, <laughs> it's hell. Uh, some people fall into positions. Most people don't. It's a huge – how many people that graduate with those degrees, with those certifications? Right. And such a small – I mean, there's one strength coach per school. Right. At smaller schools, if they have one. Right. Your bigger schools have three, four, some have up to ten, your really big schools, but right. 
that's, I mean, it's not easy. You got to grit your teeth. You got to take that volunteer position when you know you're overqualified, but it's the lay of the landscape right now. You just, you got to take your licks, take every opportunity you can. Even if it's a bad one, you're going to learn from it. Right. And the biggest thing I've always joked with, and it's been pretty constant, we all know as coaches, when you graduate high school, you know everything. Right. And then you get into college and you realize, ah, I don't think I know everything, but I'm learning more. Right. Graduate college, and you're like, okay, I, I kind of know some stuff. Right. And then you get into the real world, especially coaching, and the better coach you ask any of them, they're just like, yeah, we don't know anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I still have no clue. You're, like, you're like, why are you asking me for advice? It's, it's weird. You know right. so much and realize that the more you know, the less you actually know. Right. Now, so for, for someone who's like 22 or 23 who's graduating, yeah, that might be, it might be a little, um, I want to say maybe like smoother. I don't want to say easier because I don't think it's ever easier. But, you know, you or I, like, I'm not going to give away your age, but we graduated in 2000. So I'm 38. So like for somebody, <laughs> so I'm not going to give away yours. So for, for people in our, like, I guess demographics, like someone who's like still toiling away and, and, and like, you know, trying to figure it out. Like, is there like, besides like the grittiness and like the determination, is there like something else to it besides just trying to fall into it? I mean, you know, you, you were very successful when you first started coaching at Brockport, very successful at NAS, and we'll get to that stuff. But, like, how – like, I'm 38, right? So, for me to tell my wife, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to go become a strength and conditioning coach or head track coach at a college. Like, that conversation is probably not going to go really well now, right? <laughs> Especially today. It pretty much ends right there with your wife. <laughs> it would end. Right, it would end. And it has ended many times, right? But we won't, she won't watch this, so it doesn't matter. But uh, – <laughs> But like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, tag. I'm gonna tag her in this one just so she can watch more. But like, Perfect. how do? But like, so how do you like? Like, what kind of mindset? Like, how do you approach it in regards to like, you know, you, you're living in Rochester, you're driving maybe like a couple hours down to Alfred a couple times a week. Is it in like in the hopes of securing something there, or is it more of like to prove to yourself, you know what, like after like, you know, I've been doing this for so long, like it's gonna happen eventually. You know, because some people give up. Right, like after a couple of years, we're like, oh, yeah, hey, I mean, I get it. It's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, I even, I mean, so I walked away. I think two or three times from the whole coaching right area landscape. And for this one, yeah, it was the drive down. Going, you know what? This is what I know how to do. Right, talking to friends, really close friends. Obviously, your family fights for you and always wants the best for you. Your friends are going to give it to you real most of the time. And a lot of them, just when I walked away multiple times, they're just like, what are you doing, man? This is this is what you got to do. Why would you do all that work to walk away now? And some people do, and they go on to have great lives doing other things that they're happy with. Right. Every time I walked away, I wasn't. I'm not saying I was exactly happy in every coaching position I've been in. It's right. You're not living some utopian crazy thing. It's stressful. Right. You have people that don't understand what you do and you don't understand what you do and you don't get them. It's crazy. But it was one of those like, you know what? I keep grinding this out. I put my time in. I keep getting the experience. And yeah, you just got to have the belief that eventually this will pay off and not just waiting for it to happen. You just got to keep working for it to happen. Right. Now, when you, when you were a college athlete at Buff State and UB, did you think, um, you know, 15 years later, like this is where – like, did you, did you go to school initially thinking that you were going to become a track coach or strength and conditioning or like, how did that journey change? 
that I I went to college as an athlete. Right. Literally, it was. I laugh at it now. It was just one. I was like, I chose a major based on. I mean, I always liked how the human body worked. Right. And my I was okay. Let's roll this, and it kind of evolved through college. Mm-hmm. I got injured bad in college multiple times, ugly at times, and I kind of got to the point where I was like, well, I'd rather not take care of injured athletes. I want to prevent people from getting injured. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got into the realm of strength and conditioning more. And obviously track and field was kind of something I fell into a little bit mm-hmm. because I stopped back in my high school after graduation, just to pop in, say hi, catch up with my coach, mm-hmm. a couple of former teammates, obviously we're seniors now, so, you know, their season was going well. And the coach said, Hey, I start coaching. And in 2005, not giving away my age, but <laughs> that's where it started, just as a volunteer position and just continually kept learning. I took my CSCS that summer, and that's like people live by those letters, the strength and conditioning stuff. And I just tell everybody, right. I was like, that's still another piece of paper. You got to, it's like right. getting a C in class. You did the bare minimum. You got to know more. Right. And that's, it's just been, about 15 years now of that wheel turning and obviously it's led me to this position which is right. now an even new position from this <laughs> right so 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 you started out as a volunteer assistant at your at your high school right gage child life so 2005 must have been the years for like getting these weird calls because i i mean i want you know we competed against each other in college too being in, in the suny conference and things and I wasn't planning on it either. I got a call from the athletic director saying, hey, by the way, do you want to be a grad assistant because nobody's, like, coaching throwers? So I think, you know, it seems like that that kind of is the – I don't know, like the, maybe things sometimes serendipity just kind of falls in your lap and things. But when from, from Gage Charlie, then eventually you end up helping out at Brockport. And yeah. How did how'd you get there? A uh, new uh, former roommate transferred to Brockport. Mm-hmm. his senior year uh, I knew the head coach there at the college at the time a couple other athletes because it was fresh out of college so I had competed against right. all these guys being in the same conference yep. and they were looking for a sprint hurdles coach mm-hmm. I at that point had spent a year and a half at high school basically year year and a half and I kind of found this niche like hey I like doing this I'm doing mm-hmm. pretty well at it let's go the collegiate career with it mm-hmm. and started there again for I mean, it's, it's part-time. Anybody that's been right. in college coach knows what part-time coaching is. Right. <laughs> it's full-time, but you're part-time. Yeah. It's, oh, you are. as Yeah. <clears throat> so then I spent what, three years at Brockport. Took over that sprints and hurdles program, relays program. That's where I learned a lot more of the strength and conditioning stuff where I got to go give the shout out to Ed Skalski mm-hmm. for pointing me in the right direction for that one because he definitely righted that ship of, learning all that stuff mm-hmm. and then making those connections through there and everything I've learned through sprints and hurdles to that area. And mm-hmm. you learn by messing up. I did make errors in coaching and right. you try not to make them again and you keep moving forward with that. So is there anything yeah, that you took from, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's, and that's when I kind of wanted to stay in college and started looking around from there. Mm-hmm. So is there anything from that first experience at Brockport that, um, you were able to apply because from Brock, Brockport, you transitioned the NAS. So is there anything from Brockport that was like, oh, man, or even let's, let's even start before then. Is there anything from that you, that you 
took from your experiences at Buff State and UB that you were like, you know what, if I get into coaching or when I get into coaching, I'm going to definitely do this. And was there anything that you were like, yeah, I would have handled this better at, at, you know, one of those two situations. I mean, you don't have to go into a lot of detail, but like, oh, I, I don't know if you're laughing. Like, so we, uh, we have arts and crafts time at our house and uh, the boys wanted to uh, paint my fingernails. So See, this what, is where the difference of our, when we say our age, the difference of where our lives are. <laughs> well, at least my middle finger's straight. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, so. Uh, th- Wait, they don't do this, man? <laughs> no, they don't. No, mine don't do that. No, mine, they, they color them, the boys. Um, yeah, we, we can get into the reasons why my hands do that, too, in a little right. bit. But, like, how, you know, was there anything that, that you took from those, those experiences as a student athlete to, to your first college position as, you know, this is probably, like, how I kind of want to, you know, take my, my career in like this direction. Like this is how I kind of want to, you know, my mold, my philosophy or, you know, any of that stuff. Uh, yeah. I've taken some things from other coaches. Obviously every coach I had, I've learned stuff from mm-hmm. uh, when my time at UB, I took a lot of, a lot of the respect stuff. I even have a lot of the workouts I got from when I was there, but Perry Jenkins was mm-hmm. respect was his number one. So I carried a lot of that into my coaching and I pulled it back a little bit. Right. Um, just, you got to read your athletes and understand, you know, it was a little too drill sergeant-y to start with. So I had to pull that back a little bit. And mm-hmm. at what, 23, 24 years old coaching college kids, yeah, right. you're, you're a college kid just too. Sure are. So, so you're trying to find that balance and still learn you along the way. Whoever you have a coach you work under also can help you with that maturity stuff and teach mm-hmm. you a couple things along the way. And I've taken a little bit from Every coach I've been around, every coach I've listened to, talked to, worked under, worked with, even coached against. And I think we all basically, lack of a better steal from other coaches. They all steal from somebody else to create our own philosophy. And I actually just ran into Perry at um, the Atlantic Regionals for indoor, Mm -hmm. talking with him. And we were just laughing and joking. He was bringing up stories from UB, and I almost had to do push-ups again because I think I swore in front of him, which (laughs) – at my age doing that in front of everybody was kind of funny but sure but that's also the respecting of Perry being my head coach when I was 18 right so now I still I still knew the rules right and he just laughed at me and just shook his head which is still the same response I've been getting for the past 20 years with him right <laughs> yeah it's it's weird just kind of like and some things you throw along to the side like yeah like you said you experience stuff that you you wouldn't want to put your athlete through I just always wanted to make sure I was available for my athletes. And I've learned along the way, like you're an athlete coach is a little bit different. Like athlete, you get worked up and everything. And you got to ride that way through a competition at time as a young coach. I got that way too. And you got to learn to pull that back a little bit and just sometimes you got to light your athletes up and wake them up. Other times you got to be the common course so they don't go off the rails. So like, how do you, how do you know, I was going to ask you that. So you must like read my mind. So how do you know how to, how to do that? Like if you, you know, you, you know, you can use some experiences from Alfred now because I mean, you were, you know, you had an athlete that was at nationals, but like, how do you know, like how, how, how did you learn how to like figure out, you know what, this hurdle race, just like the athlete just went off the rails, like it was horrible or wow, you know, things went really well. Like, how do you know when to like approach, not approach? when to say something, when not to say something. Sorry, I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that comes, I mean, I think every coach has that ability. You learn that ability. You got to read your athletes. We're, right. we know what type of personality we are. And hence why right. we go into 
coaching positions. Right. But your athletes, you got to be able to read them. You got to know those athletes that are the ones that you can get in their face and go. And other athletes, you just, they handle themselves. And like I said, nationals was a crazy thing. Having Jake, which I know how he gets. And it's, mm-hmm. it was one of those, okay, I, I got to keep calm, even though I want to blow up on the inside. That's the right. maturity level one. Well, if I blow up, he's going to blow up. Right. And where does that help any situation? And now we're both making fools of ourselves in public mm-hmm. or anything. And it's with age comes wisdom, I guess. And mm-hmm. yeah. It, no, you're right. Yeah. There's been times you got to look at an athlete at a meet and call him out. Right. I, some people say, oh, you can't do that anymore. You got to be nice. And you know, your athlete. I'm not saying grab him by the neck or the guy. Like, you can't do that stuff. That's just right. stupid. Right. Literally, just a lot of times you have that coach's look. And you can look at the athletes, and it takes them about two seconds, and they just go, That's right. all right, yeah. Like, they know they messed up. Right. The so, coach's look or the parent look. You just kind of give The up. parent look, yeah. You, you got that. I don't have that part. I do. Well, I, I've, it, it's taken a while. I mean, with a six to four and a two-year-old, they kinda, you kind of figure it out. The, the one-year-old or the six-year-old, we kind of take it easier on them now. But uh, – no, it took me a while to figure that uh, whole lighting people up because I didn't know. Like, I was coaching, too. I, you know, I graduated from Fredonia in 04, and I was 22. And, like, hey, you want to you wanna coach your teammates that you had last year? And I was in the back of my head, like, wait a second. So if anybody's going to know the references, like, you know, I have flashbacks of going to Sunny's and going downtown to Coughlin's. Anybody who watches this is a Fredonia person. You'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, because I mean that's really what it is I mean I don't know if it's like that all over the country but at least for like some of the um you know maybe like smaller schools in this area that you know you you graduate and then all of a sudden you go back and you you know you're coaching your teammates it's just you know something that happens but uh um oh goodness what was I gonna mention oh yeah so with with the coaching piece right I I've learned over the last couple years was I would get close right you know you maybe like whisper something in their ear chew them out that way, but at least have like a smile. So for anybody who's looking back in the other direction, oh, this coach is really saying some really nice things to their kids where, you know, I, I try not to drop F-bombs or anything, you know, like that. Um, but you're right. There's definitely a time and a place to let, you know, the kids know, listen, like this is, it's not how it works here. So, so now you, now you transition to um, as a head coach, right? So you start mid-year. How do you, like, how do you do all that stuff? Because I know you, because you tweeted something and I was like, oh, I want to tweet it back, but now I'm going to ask him. Like, so like, you know, I talk about this, like, you know, culture and like, you know, you know, relationship stuff with your athletes. Like, how did you figure that out? Because you walked in a couple of weeks ago and it's like, hey guys, I'm your new coach. Like, welcome to the yeah. party. Right? Like, how, how'd you do that? The advantage I did have was the fact that I was their strength coach and I did work right. for track field. So I knew most of them. Right. There were a handful that, couldn't make the times I was there or right. some that just didn't lift. <clears throat> that was our choice. It's, it's not a right. choice anymore. Um, it's not a choice. No. <laughs> that was the thing. So I, I, I told him from the beginning, I told my assistants too. I said, I know who I have on this team. I don't know what I have on this team. Right. And I even learned from a couple of the athletes, they even joked when I first started as a strength coach, and you've seen me in the weight room. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, we strength coaches are labeled as the ones that are slightly off our rocker. Right. And we're okay with that. I mean, we're the ones that, <clears throat> yeah, we know when it's time to yell. We know when it's time to amped up. We're always the thermostat of the weight room. We control the temperature. Right. And they weren't used to that style. So right. a couple of athletes like, listen, we are in on this. We just, one of the seniors said it to me, he's like, we're committed. We get you, man. We're just not used to you. 
Like this is a lot. We like it. We just got to be able to adjust right. this. And as we get ready for it, and you see it now, like you see athletes coming out of their shell and we're jokingly yelling to each other across the weight room. And like, it's always a good, there's always good banter going on. And you know, like they know when you're upset when things get messed up. Right. But one time and it's done. One little, hey, you set the tone and it's taken care of from there on out. So that's, yeah, it's, that was the thing, just learning the team. And I, I was open and honest with them. Kids respond really well with that. And I just told them straight up, first team meeting, I said, guys, I know most of you. I know who you are. <clears throat> I've met you. We've worked in the weight room. I had a couple of multiple sport athletes. Said, but I don't know what you guys can do. I haven't seen you race. I haven't seen you compete. I haven't seen any of this stuff. So it's a learning curve for both of us right now. I tell you right now, I'm here for you. I told them I was there for them. And it was, coaches know they're long days. My right. first couple of weeks, you know, I've only been there for a couple of weeks. My first few weeks were right. really long. Mm-hmm. Trying to get settled, trying to get organized and realizing that teams first. I made the joke when I was there, it's like playing hungry, hungry hippos. You're just reaching and grabbing and trying to pull everything back into the center to have some control over it. And athletes responded well, so I can't argue about that. I didn't lose anybody. No one walked out of the team. Oh, so that's great. I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. So you guys, so you didn't have any meets in the fall semester then? That you, the kids didn't compete in December at all? There were two meets in December. Okay. Uh, I wasn't part of the track and sure. program at that okay. time. Okay. Um, and then, then I came on after the semester. So I had, a, I had a competed already. Mm-hmm. But pretty much all those kids came back. I think one or two did not come back. Sure. But it was mm-hmm. one of like, never knew you, never worried about you. Right. I wish you did. I gave them the option. I didn't. When I set the rules on my first team meeting, I said, guys, here's how this is going to roll for this year. And I'm not going to judge you if you want to get up and leave. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate on you i'm not going to make fun of you after you leave it's i understand it this is how i want this team to roll you're not on this train the door's right there and no hard feelings i'll walk by i'll say hi i don't hate you sure so how did so so you so you you start rolling you have a bunch of meets you have a um a heptathlete that makes the so now with nca because i know so when i was coaching it was um they used to take the top 15 at d3 national so is it did they expand it or is it still top 15 no they do top 20 and top 12 relays okay so you have a you have a top 20 you have an elite level heptathlete at alfred and when you realize that weekend like for us for, for those who are watching, we had something called the Raceberry Jam. You remember that website where you had to wait like you had to wait like three, four, five days after a meet just to make just to see if like you made the list. Like I never, I, I was never good enough to make that Provo. That's right. Like I was never good enough to make the A or the B standard, but it was still cool to look at it after you know. It was it nice took, when you hit that Provo and you're like, I don't care if I'm the first name above that. I'm on the Provo. List. That's right. I'm on the Provo list. That's right. I might go in case there's not enough A's. But uh, so you realize that uh, that weekend that he qualified. Like what's going through your mind? Like you've been the coach there for two months and in two months you took a, you, you had a, you know, a heptathlete, right? Is he local? Like, is he from like the Western New York, like Rochester area? He's from Dansville. He's from He's Dansville. From Dansville. So you took a kid from Dansville who, you know, maybe he competed really well in high school, maybe he didn't flew under the radar. And in two months he is going to nationals. Like what goes through your head like that first time as a head coach of like, I get the credential, like, Oh man, no, I got to figure out like hotel reservations. Like, you got to rent a car. We got to do 
Like all the oh, stuff man. that's in tail. Okay, like, we're going to go into the national story now. Yeah, let's go. Let's, we're going let's into go. the national story now. So this you, is going to be fun. So you find out you're going, and then it's like, oh, my God, like I, I made it, right? Yeah, okay. So making it, it was – we did a little bit of list watching. I'm sure we all, anybody who's coached knows you a lot. We watched the list and <clears throat> talked with a couple of coaches, our friends, and where he was because he posted a good time early in the year, early in February. Mm-hmm. A good point standard. We're like, all right, he's good. He's going. Not a problem. And then we watched the list, dropped a little bit, dropped a little bit, and he was right on that line. You figure, especially multis, that last weekend, not a lot mm-hmm. of shuffling. Your DMRs, your sprints, your jump, yeah, you get a lot of shuffling and everything else. Right. But your multis, not so much. You look at three to five maybe shuffling mm-hmm. at the bottom. Well, he was right at that five line. He was sitting sixth. Okay. Did I think he'd go? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was – I mean, there was 99% sure he was going to go. That 1% of doubt, I couldn't let him know. Right. So, and then decided, okay, regionals, week before nationals, we're going for it. We haven't competed in a month. So we took a month off. It was just trained. Oh, that's right. Okay. Worked out great for him. And so it was like, a lot of these other guys had competed. Like, mm-hmm. you're good. You're rested. We've been working on things. We changed a lot of his pullout stuff. We changed his hurdle approach. I mean, there were a lot of technical stuff we worked on. And for me to fix pole vault stuff, all my pole vault coaching buddies are laughing hysterically right now. <laughs> but Good enough, right? You got him there. Right? He went over the bar, so it can't be that bad, I guess. He right? got over the bar. He got points. He got over the bar, and he wasn't at the bottom. So <laughs> we went through that. And then, he I mean, he posted a rocket time. We're actually trying to shoot for 5,000 points at regionals. We were just mm-hmm. underneath. So that was good. I mean, pump some 10th in the nation. Take a stamped. Guaranteed. Right. We know what he's going, so. Now it's the shuffle of, you guys don't know, Nationals were in North Carolina. Right. There is a travel ban to North Carolina for New York State employees. So all private colleges in New York had no issue. They could get in. They could fly in. They could get hotels. New York State employees, Alfred State College, all the SUNY schools, not so much. Why is that? So we're, I'm not, is that the – because it's just the whole political landscape of North Carolina and Mark. Oh, okay, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, that whole setup, the yeah, governors didn't get along. Sure. Yeah, it's just, and we just, we deal with the consequences. Right. So we were scrambling, kind of like, okay, you know, I got to fly into Virginia because we can't right. fly into North Carolina. Well, originally we were told we could fly into North Carolina, so I was all confused that I can fly into North Carolina, rent a car in North Carolina, but I can't stay in North Carolina. So that gets shifted. So, okay, I can got to fly into Virginia, oh run a car. Right. Great. We're staying in Virginia, hour and a half away from the venue. Yay. Just what you want to do. Like, we understand travel for meets, but nationals, you don't, especially a multi, you don't want to travel back and forth right. two days in a row, hour right. and a half, all that extra stress. Right. Luckily, it comes through. Like, the SUNYAC commissioner gets in touch with the governor's office. Being, we're not in the SUNYAC conference, but we're a SUNY school, so we're able to loop in on that legislation we got the okay to stay in north carolina right that was awesome we just had to fly into virginia all of us are like whatever that's fine we'll drive right the one time we'll drive the day we get there we'll drive to go home that's not the problem that's that's a real issue those are always on off days anyways we fly in on wednesday compete friday saturday fly back on sunday that's nothing everybody handles that without a problem rent a car in virginia this was hysterical because, I mean, school does a rental. Just rent basic. We don't need anything. Our poles were driven down by a school. Shout out to Ethan and Susquehanna. Thank you for doing that. I need to go down and get those at some point. And uh, Road trip. Road trip. 
So we just had to travel ourselves. Oh, we can throw bags in the backseat of a Nissan Versa. That's not a problem. Right. We get there. So many cars are getting rented and with everything going on because flights are getting canceled still, but we're still competing. Dude behind the counter goes, here, you got a Mustang. <laughs> just hands me a 2020 convertible Mustang. I don't ask any question. I go, I look at the sure. rental agreement, still says Nissan Versa. I go, well, let's roll. Sure. <laughs> so at least we got the traveling style down there for a little while. Right. You take that the thing on at least or no? No, it was a little, it was raining the one day. It was a little cool for us. It was warm, but driving that far, I mean, that thing handled when you set crews going through those roads and you're watching all the other cars touch the brakes and you don't have to, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you can change the adjustment. On it. I was at a stoplight <laughs> and I was went through the settings and it said drag. I said, what's the straightaway? There's no one around. Let's see what this has. All right. Yeah. That go, a lot of power goes to those wheels on that one. <laughs> Well, so, so you guys, at least you made it down there safe, right? Yeah. We made it down there safe. We had an enjoying time down there for the couple of days. We got the driving style for a little bit. So that was always fun. Yeah. And then the hammer came down. We just, we were watching the dominoes fall daily, right. hourly, and everything was going on. When, and it was kind of funny because my buddies back home were talking about getting together over the weekend. It was St. Patty's Day weekend. So everybody's That's looking right. to hang out. Mm -hmm. and I'm in a group message with them. They're just kind of talking. They're asking me what's going on. And I'm, we were all kind of on the, Boat was saying, listen, we're going to compete. Wait, right. we're all here already. We're here. We're going to compete. And then outdoors done. We kind of saw that coming. Or at least part of outdoor being canceled. Everybody was in the same boat with that. We're kind of feeling it. Let's right. get through this week. We're going to be good through this weekend. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that didn't happen. So my boys were laughing. They're like, oh, what's going on? They're canceling this, canceling that. Yeah. I texted them all. from the before they're reported. Right. I mean, the report comes out five minutes after we get them. But ESPN's reporting that the March Madness is canceled. Well, obviously, we knew that five minutes prior. I text my buddy. I said, oh, yeah, we're canceled and coming home. They're like, what? We haven't heard anything. Guys, I'm, I'm in the NCAA, man. I'm going to know this yeah, stuff right. before it's right. Right. So that was funny. They were getting a kick out of that. They were kind of coming to me for their breaking news for the right. time being. And then it was done. So that was – and then it was a scramble just to get flights home. Right get everything set, get out and get back. And it was weird coming home, like going through Dulles, we transferred through Dulles and walking through the airport was empty. Right. Yeah. I saw and they that. Really I saw just pictures. Had it yeah. off. There were like only a couple flights coming in and out. You're, so you're all in one area. My flight was probably right. half three quarters full. It was weird. That was walking through a big airport like that and it being empty in the middle of the day. It wasn't like it was some red eye flight where, yeah, it's going to be quiet. Nope. Right. Middle of the day, we landed in Dallas at ten o'clock in the morning, and it was a ghost town. So when you so when you find out, right? So your athlete that you guys went, what what year is he? Junior, senior, sophomore, sophomore. So so when you so you find out, right? Everybody's obviously there at the same time. Like, what do you like? What do you say? Like, I don't, you don't have to go into maybe maybe it's more you know private and personal between you and him, but like you know going through your head, you know first time at nationals as a head coach we're told that we have to go home like we just got here we practiced like we, we did the award ceremony like a whole nine yards what like how, how do you explain to him hey listen like no big deal we have next year like or hey no big deal we might have we might have a shot at outdoor like how like how's that conversation go exactly like that it was like hey man um he's like he was joking the whole time so it was we put it on the radar 
right. that our kind of on the radar was we might not be able to fly home. Right. We kind of put it on there. So it wasn't, we were joking on the drive in, like mm-hmm. a couple of jokes back and forth. You're like, yo, what if it's canceled? We got to drive home. So it wasn't like, it was a shock, but it wasn't, it didn't come out of the blue. Right. It was, it was on everybody's radar. We were just hoping it wouldn't fall at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he was upset and you just, you could tell he was ticked, but I just right. told him straight up. I'm like, keep it cool, man. And he, I mean, he showed his frustration, which, right. And kids busted his tail to get there. You can't expect him just to be this perfect little citizen right there. No, he was, right. tech. and I gave him time to blow it off and he was good. And I just, we went to dinner. I said, get what you want, man. Mm-hmm. We're good. Let's go to dinner, relax. And I mean, I've talked to him a couple since then. He's still ticked about it a little bit, obviously. Right. Like it's all, I said, well, well, there is literally nothing we can do about it. So you just, yeah, we just kind of rolled with it. So what do you, so what like, it, like as the NCA, like obviously, you know, they, they, they announce, you know, everybody gets that, that, you know, the outdoor season back or their sp- spring sports back. But like for your kids who are seniors that, you know, you're, you're not scholarship, right? So like, how, like, what do you, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I would say and I don't want to put you on the spot, but like when you send an email to everybody and you explain the situation or like, like, how does that, how does that go? Like, how do you explain to your seniors? Hey, listen, like, we love you. Thank you for everything. You, you, obviously you're welcome back next year. Like how, you know, yeah, it's, it's like you say, you just, you kind of put it out there. There's right. an, we've never dealt with anything like before. You're stuck with them. Fortunately, I had two seniors on my side, basically okay. two seniors and one multi-sport senior on my women's side. So I didn't okay. have to deal with that that much. Sure. A couple of athletes that were, they won't be able to compete next year because of the way their studies have to go and everything. So I felt bad for them not having their final season. Right. Yeah. You, just, you email them, you talk to them and just make sure they're doing well and they see the bigger picture too. They look at it like, obviously a lot of them are in healthcare profession. A lot of them are nurses and all that stuff. So they're yeah, so we get it. Yeah. With all, still see it all. And they're just like, it would have been nice, but we understand the bigger picture here. We're, there's more to life after this. We're not going on in athletics. Right. So, and it's, it, like I said, it's just, we've never been here before. Never been on a team that had a season canceled and literally everything's on shutdown. So right. you're just like, Email the team. I was like, when I said it right now, okay, here comes the part that sucks. Right. Outdoors canceled. And what I did actually gave them the option. I emailed my team. I said, you guys have the option. All my distance runners obviously took one of the options because they're getting focused for cross country. Right. They're just going to have an extended kind of summer preseason block, which works out well. Right now, you still let them transition. These kids are just into something they've never done before. Right. I track and field kids. They all said, I gave them the option. I said, you guys still want to train like you're going to compete? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll pull it back a little bit. Obviously, some of the technique work can't be specific because I'm not right. there to coach you. But I can still write it out and give you everything to do. We can get some video drills going out. I mean, overwhelming response. So, yeah, let's get this rolling. And I said, okay, what if I throw in, like, Friday competitions? Just give you one competition to do on a Friday. Some, cool. it could be a conditioning test. Mm-hmm. It might be a. 30 second run. How far can you get guys? Take a video of it. FaceTime right. your friends with it. Post it on our group session. Mm-hmm. 
something little, how far in five standing long jumps can we get? Like little kind of competitions so they know they're still training when they compete against each other. So I've kind of gone that route and they were, they're all in. That's so they're, they're pretty jacked up. So at least they have something to focus on now. And they even said, like, we've been working this hard. Right. We're not just stopping. And a couple of my throwers, well, one of my throwers just straight up said, I got access to a barbell. Let's go. So, right. okay, man. <laughs> right. Okay, it's time to lift. Now he's like, I need to get stronger. He's recovering. I mean, he knows that he battled cancer two years ago. So he's, this is right. like, I tell him straight up, this, this was your freshman year all over again. Right. Let's go. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. So he's like, I have access to a barbell. I said, say no more. I got you covered. Well, I was just going to ask you, like, next steps, what are you going to do? But you just kind of explained it. So as uh, so has there been any, like, guidance from the NCAA? I mean, I, I think we're all assuming that, you know, come, uh, you know, the middle of August, cross-country kids will be able to come back. Your distance runners will be able to come back to campus, all, like, the fall sports and things. But has there been any, like, correspondence or anything from – like as far as, or is this, you, do you think, like from your perspective as a coach, because I mean, I have no idea, right? Nobody knows. Maybe you don't either. Like what's. Not, yeah, it's you know. one of those like conferences are just coming through on their own commissions saying, hey, we're canceling all spring sports. Right. And it's across the board. Spring sports are canceled. And today, NCAA offered the blanket statement of all, everybody regains the eligibility for spring semester. Right. I haven't heard anything on the winter because mm-hmm. it's kind of hard. That, that's a touchy area where you have kids that qualify for nationals that didn't get to compete. Right. Those kids season of eligibility back. Right. Cause they're, they lost out on the one meet they've been training for. It's right. And that's right. all well, well above my grade. Right. Right. Well, I mean, like I was talking to Matt hand about it the other day and, and like for me, like I, I went to Fredonia, I was a elementary ed major. Right. So it, if this would have happened, like say 15 years ago, okay, I'm going to grad school in Fredonia the, that, that next fall anyway. So, I mean, I, the, the, the trials of back then, I know I would have flipped out and I would have been mad at everybody and things like that. But, but then I knew I was already going back to school by this time, uh, uh, this time my senior year in 04. So I was like, okay, I'm going to grad school, like whatever. And then you have that opportunity that you're, you have that, that elgi- extra year of eligibility. But, you know, for putting your coaching hat on, like, what what advice would you have for those those seniors? I mean, not necessarily at the D three level, but like, okay, maybe you you could come back for another year. Like, how much is it worth? You know, I have an idea of what your tuition is and things like that. Like, so for the kids who are, who are teetering, like, how would you uh, encourage them to go in regards to making that decision to come back if they're seniors? Yeah, that <clears throat> I kind of leave that up to them and their family. Sure. And, I mean, I'm not, I'm not paying the school bill. I'd love to have some right. seniors back. Like there's some right. seniors you'd love to give them a year. They watch how they're training, all right. that stuff. But there's others that say, hey, this is the end of the road. They've just, that's where they look at. That's the end of the road right. for this chapter. Time to move on. And you just, right. you accept their decision. As long right. as it's not detrimental to anybody's health sure. and unsafe. Right. You do it. And they have to make adjustments to school. I know our school adjusted the, um, I believe they adjusted the drop deadline and some other uh, some other deadlines. They extended okay. those because of everything. So you work around that. And like the athlete wants to have a discussion about it. Hey, should I come back? You come back. I had to turn that. I'm in my kids' room right now. The boy, the big boys, they got a bunk bed. And 
it keeps going like light dark in here you can't even see me it's gonna be like a godfather silhouette or something but, uh, first, <laughs> there's a horse in the bed. Yeah, yeah, the horse right? doesn't end up in the bed we're good no there's nothing no we got a bunch of stuffed animal we got like bunk beds over here and everything but um so so your yeah. kids are still like in class so like how um how's that transition been for for some of your kids who because I mean, I mean you have like a lot of nursing majors so it, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult to learn like via zoom and things like that so how is um you know how are your athletes handling that making that transition to online learning they also they're handling it pretty well sure. uh it's awkward right it's the best biggest thing i said it's different it's awkward it's weird mm-hmm. we're getting it a lot of them are just laughing some of the professors struggle more than the students do i could imagine <laughs> yeah so there's like we have our assignments but i can't even imagine how my nursing majors are doing it they have to do clinicals and all that and all that's not right an option right now so i really don't know how that's being handled it's a whole different department but like i check up on my team weekly i have a whole call sheet which oh that's great so i can just go through 15 minutes just going through either call or text them mm-hmm. and it's because obviously we all joke about the lack of social interaction that these right. kids have in, in real life everybody just knows how to text and right. comment well now we literally took away the entire social so they don't really have that right. human interaction they're not hanging out with their teammates anymore they're not going to lunch right. with them it's not practicing right. they're not that's right yeah we know what we did in college I mean, post practice mm-hmm. i remember hardcore wrestling matches that went on in the dorm rooms like you don't mm-hmm. have that connection anymore right yeah i went to one or two classes in college as an undergrad like i remember well like literally one or two classes so this whole online thing for me i don't know i probably we wouldn't be having this conversation i would have yeah i think i had yeah i think two online classes like here's the notes show up to take the test i didn't even i don't know if i ever took an online class because it's interesting because we're being at the u of r right so they announced to us okay by the way we're transitioning all online and to me it's like wow like in a week like you can take, I mean, we have like 50, like 40, 50,000 undergrads, grad students, like postdoc, docs, all that stuff. And it's like, wow, in a whole week, you can transition a whole university to yeah. blanket online. And it's, I just, it's so amazing to me because I never, I mean, I used to teach online, you know, after, you know, after I graduated from college, but Fredonia, they didn't really offer a lot of like hybrid courses and things. I mean, I guess you'll figure, I mean, I guess you'll find out or colleges will find out when, you know, grades come out like, Oh wow, this, this worked really well. Or, um, cause I was going to ask you about like the nursing majors or, you know, if you have any like kids that are student teach, I mean, you can't student teach, right? Like schools are like, everything is closed. We don't have the education side of it. So I don't okay, so know, but okay, yeah, right. I'm thinking about student teachers. Right. So yeah. You look at like Brockport and Portland and those guys. Yeah. They got student teach and, Right. Maybe delay their student teaching, but that's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Well, we have like, right now. like no one knows what's going on. It is. And it, and it really, you know, and as it's not, cause my wife's a, you know, she's in the school district. I work, you know, for, for a college and things. And we, like, I, I, we've been part of like some state ed calls, but it's, but nobody really, like, I got an idea of what they're waiting for, but like I have friends that teach in Buffalo that they're closed. Like they, they, they shut it down. Like they had to go and clean out their classrooms. Um, like last week, like there's some, you know, private schools in Rochester that, um, you know, private Catholic that have shut it down that are going to online. But um, no, I feel bad for the high school seniors too. Like you're, you know, like Monique, right? She's number one ranked weight thrower. She was going to go defend her national championship. And then it's like, you know, it's totally like, you know, the rug is pulled out from under you. And it's, 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you and I will. I mean, I never thought I'd experience some, something like this in my lifetime. Like, I don't even know what you compare it to, right? Like, my parents grew up in a communist country. So when this stuff started rolling out, my dad's like, hey, yeah, you know, you weren't a kid when I was in the 50s, like being told what to yeah. do and this is how it works and this is it all the time. So I think they've kind of transitioned okay. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I went to class, I think, after like 9-11. We, had, we were at a couple of classes I mean, off. Yeah, 9-11 was... We went back to school. Like, it wasn't, you know, as... I mean, the situation's a little different, but like, as far as like the whole, you know, how the world is, you know, handling the situation, it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. we've know. been through, I mean, even that, we were in school during, I mean, 9-11 was sophomore year of college, and this right. was, I was in class, I missed, not funny, sorry about that, but I didn't know about that till literally watched the second tower fall. I was in right. class to an early lab. Right. Left that, go to the bathroom, came back. They were talking about it. Right. I thought some little biplane had clipped a building in Buffalo. That's how minimal it was talked about. Right. Then I go walking back to my dorm. I'm at UB, walking back. People are kind of talking about some stuff. I don't know what's going right. on. Get back to my room and actually live with Juskowitz. Mm -hmm. He's like, he just goes, dude, two planes flew into the Twin Towers. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. He goes, and he just yeah. points to the TV. And at that moment is when I watched right. it. I was like, yeah. Huh? what but right. like i said I mean, we had class the next day right i remember one of our um tas in the recitation class when you have four hundred people in a class it kind of breaks you up a little bit right we went in for um it was a history or global studies class and he's like yeah i'm not going to lecture about history when we're living it and right. he walked out really like, all right then well guess this class is over but that was it like there's no campus wasn't shut down yet people are a little more high alert but right we're shut down i mean i'm Obviously, I'm looking at my window. I have neighbors walking a dog, which is nothing right. abnormal. But a couple of times I've been on the road, mm -hmm. like right after everything, I got back from nationals. Everything was starting to get shut down. I had to go down to Alfred for a day. I mean, I drove home and it was five o'clock. Right. And I didn't even realize it because there was no clock. And this was right. two weeks ago. Yeah. So I can't even imagine. I don't think my vehicle has moved in seven days. So, right. Yeah, it's, I did. It is interesting. I mean, I don't know if Jay, like he's six, so he might remember something like this, but the middle and the little guy, I mean, four and two, probably, I mean, the two-year-old one, I mean, for him, like we have a daily routine. Like we, we kept, we tried keeping things as normal for them as we could. Um, but I, you know, who knows? Like they're like, Oh daddy, are we going back to school? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, bud. Like homeschooling <laughs> mom and dad for another couple of weeks, like yeah. our district's years. <laughs> They um they notified us that it was gonna be like on the fourteenth April fourteenth that we would go back after spring break but I don't now who knows who knows but um so wrapped up at Alfred well like obviously you didn't wrap up I mean your indoor season wrapped up so what are you like most looking forward to like this upcoming fall semester like what are you know what are some things that you tried this year you know this this brief fall semester or spring semester that you had that uh you know you're really excited about rolling out in the fall like anything in particular in regards to it doesn't have to be like you know programmatic wise but um you got any cross cool... country is going to be fun right cross country because that's my first it's going to be my first season as a cross country coach right and they've always been just track and field Brent's hurdles I've obviously worked with Rose before you showed up in NAS thank god right. and then that was I mean 
I've done a lot of research for distance. So this should, I'm excited right. just for the cross season in general. Those kids are buying in there and doing it. I've been open and honest too. And we know how distance runners tend to be. They are the weird ones that like things no more than they should and overanalyze. And so it, I laid their paces out for them during the season. I said, I want you guys hitting this. I'm trusting you to do this because you guys understand that I'm getting pulled in seven different directions. Right. When I write your paces out, I expect you to hit them. I'm going to have you report back to me on what you hit. Right. Went out for an easy run. If coming back, I look at him and go, why are you so tired? I mean, I know it's Hilly and Alfred, but right. you're supposed to be running seven-minute mile pace because you're a 4.30-miler. Like, right. you went a little too quick today. Right. And just calling, and they understand. And then you just got to explain it to those guys. I'm like, you go hard here, you can't go hard in the weekend. Right. And what's the point? It's like you're racing twice in a week. Which, which race thing is going to be your best, your first or your second one? Right. Once you got that broken down, they were good. Figuring out mileage is fun because right. I'm not used to <laughs> right having that standard to worry about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but working on that, and I mean, I got some good recruits coming in, which is positive that I can actually recruit a distance runner, so that feels good. Sure. And I'm excited for the cross season just to mm -hmm. see what these athletes can do. They're, I'm going to say, they're going to be one of the strongest teams. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. they're not going to be afraid of the weight room, which is been really good for them they've right. bought into that mm -hmm. big and they've seen the good things for it and that's the thing that sucked with the season being canceled a lot of them were right. like let's go for outdoor full send let's do this right and then nothing but they're like forget it let's do it carry it to cross country we're ready let's go let's roll so, so you mentioned recruiting and i was going to ask it's like my one of my last notes here so how is like How's recruiting been, you know, affected by this? Like up until I, it, you know, classes or the colleges were shut down, you probably had kids on campus or, you, you know, always in contact with them. Like, how does it, how is it, you know, are you still making recruiting calls? Like there's kids still have a decision, right? It's May. So they still have a little bit of time to decide what they want to do. Has that made it more difficult for you? Or have you, has this freed up more time where it's like, Hey, well, like I could call anytime now because you're not in school. Right. So. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, like, I don't make as many recruiting calls, like, I would think. I remember when I was being, my kind of role was, hey, I want to be called. Kind of learned that some kids just don't like phone calls. Sure. Okay, I always go with an email contact first, and then ask them the email, hey, can I get a phone call in? And then when you talk to them, you kind of get the idea. Right. I have a couple of recruits that are, love text message and emails, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what, if you're comfortable with that, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> we were like, yeah, a couple that prefer phone calls, try to keep in contact with them. If I miss them, they call me back, so I know they're good with that. That's good. Uh, mm -hmm. Campus visits obviously have been canceled. We had an open house coming. We had a couple of visits set up. We had to mm -hmm. cancel those, which are horrible. But once we can get that open back up, I can bring them on for a visit at least. There's right. going to be no one around campus, but at least I can show them around. Sure. We can talk a little bit more. So that's, yeah, it's, I still do the email thing and calls in the afternoon because the kids, mm -hmm technically are still in school right i try not to, a lot of them still have a regular school regimen like okay i still got it still got come class at one o'clock right that's right they may yeah. do their at 10 o'clock if it's posted in like google classroom but it's still hopefully they're still doing work because they still need to have the grade to get into school <laughs> that's true right they're not just gonna get a, a buy into uh in the college uh, yeah freebie pass yeah right well you never know yeah, it's not great recruiting hasn't changed too much it just eliminates the whole 
going to track meets on a watch. I remember my last meet I was able to recruit at was indoor sectional. Sure. So check out some of that. And then you like getting to some of the invites and outdoor later in the season when our season comes in end or we're off for a weekend, mm-hmm. getting out to sectional states, state queues. Those are big. Cause then you get to check everybody out and right. Well, who knows if, that may still happen though. So you can't rule right. that out. Mm-hmm. Which just makes it obviously makes it actually a little easier for us to recruit now if there is an outdoor season because now we can hit those invites on the weekend because we don't have a season to worry about. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, because I do wonder if if schools are allowed. You know, if they open back up in the middle of April or even the beginning of May, for example, what if if it's just school only and and you kind of have a pass on you know athletics. You know, I'm not sure. Like you know who. I think everyone is still like, it's a day, you know, a day to day type of, um, you know, process, but, uh, you know, is there, I mean, is there anything else you have for the good of the order? I don't want to take up too much. It's already been an hour. I don't know. Maybe like five people might listen to this all the way through, you know, <laughs> I wish we could throw out like a, like a keyword, like, Hey, if Tim says this, you know, here's 20% off of something, you know, if you listen all 60 minutes, but, um, <laughs> you know, is there, yeah, right. I wish. Uh, is there anything, you know, any, anything that we didn't talk about or you want to elaborate on that's like, oh man, you know, for, for, the, for the next coaches or the, the, the newest coaches? I, or, I mean, we covered it a little bit. Yeah. We kind of said, like, my, it took me 15 years to get a full-time coaching position, which yeah. took, I mean, obviously a little longer than most people. Sure. But I mean, I didn't go and get my master's. Mm-hmm. I went right in and started learning, learning, learning. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be a little hiccup for me for a while. But like I said, I went high school. And then I coached at Brockport for a couple of years. Right. And then there's change over there. So I was gone from there. Went back to high school for a little bit. And then the NAS position opened up. And that's where everything rolled from there. And mm-hmm. I had no intention of leaving NAS. It just you saw everything. It got right. very, very stressful and everything from mm-hmm. what I was doing. And then ended up having to leave there on my own accord. It wasn't like a sports style. I still have a great relationship with James and Mike and all right. them. And that's actually helped me a ton now coaching having that relationship right and then just kind of can't say i fell into this position i mean there was the strength and conditioning side of it they opened this door and it was like hey when the coaching position opened up other coaches like you realize he's been a track coach for 15 years and they're like oh yeah you want to do this yeah i think i can handle it sure that's it's just it's a long uphill battle but i i like I, I like the position now. It's it's a different world, but right now no, it's I, a really different world trying to work. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine it. Well, I've been, you know, like I said, we have. Uh, I mean, they're running around crazy downstairs right now. I think the little ones are going to get ready to wake up from nap. But um, no, you know, this this coaching stuff really is interesting. And you did touch on some some things, but I, we'll get to it for for another episode uh, later when you might be bored in, in April or something like that. Cause you did talk a little bit about like the credit, well, you talked about the credentials and stuff and I, you know, it, it probably takes another hour to, to get through that. But, um, I always find it interesting to talk about, um, you know, like just, you know, just kind of like quick, like I was, I asked, um, our school district out here, Wayne, like, Hey, you know, I emailed the head coach and I was like, Hey, you know, is there, a, can I come out, hang out with the throwers like once or twice a week? And he sent me this email and New York state has this whole list of like uh, classes and tests and things that you have to take, which I wasn't really aware of. Like I used to teach those courses when I was a, a teacher at BOCES, but it wasn't as elaborate as it is now. Like it was, it's more difficult to go volunteer at a high school than it is yeah. to go coach at a college. Like, Oh, you have a bachelor's mm-hmm. degree. Oh, you have some previous experience. Perfect. I mean, it's not as easy as that, 
but like, oh, maybe you, know, you have some experience here, USATF level one, level two, strength and conditioning or whatever. But it just it's so interesting, like the whole like, wow, like, I don't know, like, I think I've had some moderate success coaching, but now you got to take concussion protocol, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I'm like, I just want to go, you know, throw the discus like once a week or something, right? But <laughs> What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We can get you down to Alfred and help with that. So. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, well, we'll touch. We'll get to, have to edit that out. It's on the download right now. Nobody <laughs> knows, right? Shh. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, my, we don't have anything right there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> we can get you down to Alfred. Yeah, true. I know. I did, I did map quest. It maybe it was like an hour and 45 minutes before. We can figure something out, but maybe offline now. Yeah. But, uh, Tim, I appreciate your time for uh, this episode. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, have fun, man. Thanks. Thanks. See you, Charles. Yeah.